Good morning, everyone. Uh, we've got another podcast, as promised, coming your way today. Um, this podcast we're speaking about today is on some of the most common sports injuries that we see. And I've got Dr. Connor with me. It's uh, uh, it's Michael here, obviously, and Dr. Connor. Good morning, Dr. Connor. Good morning, Michael. How are you going? I'm very well. Uh, this was your inspiration, wasn't it, today? Yeah, it was. So I've been seeing a lot of ankle injuries in clinic, and I thought this podcast would be good just to get a lot of information out there so our patients can um, listen to it and learn. Yeah, I think, um, I think it's... I guess it's good for us in a couple of ways. One, that we don't have to repeat ourselves and time to get the same information out there. But also it allows us to explain things fully and in detail and what the purpose of the, the advice that we might give. Mm. Um, what's the most common thing we see on a, on a weekly basis, you reckon? So a weekly basis, definitely just a roll ankle. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Um, so just to give you a quick oversight, I'm gonna talk about the three most common things we see, which is rolled ankles first, where they're going to talk about Achilles tears, and then we're going to talk about plantar fasciitis third. We're going to run through some other things like Sever's disease, bunions, Lefranc injury, and tarsal tunnel briefly. Um, and stay tuned, because at the end of the podcast, we're going to talk about um, why we tape, why, why and when you use a boot or a moon boot, and why and when you would refer for orthotics. So stay tuned, guys. We hope to, not to keep it, we want to get as much information out there as quickly as we can. Hopefully keep it as entertaining as we can, so we don't want to bore you. Mm-hmm. But st- stay tuned, uh, because we think we'll try to keep it as relevant as possible. So first things first, number one is rolled ankle. So what's a rolled ankle, Connor? So a rolled ankle, it's pre- pretty much what it says. Rolled ankle, so your foot gets inverted, so it goes sideways, and what happens is, we say laterally, so the outside of the foot, the ligaments become stretched and they can become torn when you usually have an injury in roller. And what generally happens when you, uh, what then happens? So is it hard to stand on after that? Yeah, so usually you'll hear probably a click or a pop. So click or a pop, it'd be quite painful to stand on, um, gets quite swollen. If you're injured on a field or when you're playing sport, um, sometimes you can't continue playing. You have to come off the field and usually it swells up quite quickly and becomes very painful. And what we have found over the years that if you can't stand on it, it's a sign of a more serious injury. So yeah. if you can keep going, you may have torn a ligament, but if you can't, don't run through that if you can't weight bear on it. Weight bearing is a really key sign of its recovery. Worse. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, there's different degrees, isn't there? Yes. So there's sort of... Uh, stage one or phase one, two, three, or type one, two, three mm-hmm. of, of uh, these ligaments. Um, and what can happen is that there's actually not one ligament there, there's three, isn't there? Yes. And you can have a tearing of one ligament, you can have a tear of two, you can have a tear of all three. Mm-hmm. Um, you can have um, a little piece of bone break off with the ligament which is called an avulsion, that's an even more serious injury. Um, it doesn't necessarily require surgery or, um, or, uh, uh, or a, it, most of avulsion fractures will require a boot. And we're gonna talk about why and when to use a boot a little bit later on. But avulsion fractures, tiny bit of bone comes off rather than tearing the ligament. And that means more blood and blood flow. So those types of injuries will get bigger bruising. Okay, and more swelling around it as well. Um, sometimes it's better to have an avulsion than a tear. It just depends upon the degree of injury. As you mentioned before the podcast started though, what's the danger in tearing 
ligaments um, once you do them? So when you tear a ligament, you have a very high chance of re-injury. So why is that? Mate? Because you look. So me and Nick were talking before we did the podcast, and we we're talking about a fishing line analogy. So what a ligament is, if you imagine you have twenty fishing lines in a row. And what happens is when you tear, so for example, when you have the tear, you can tear 10 of those fishing lines just across. And what happens is when you try and heal it, when the ligament um, is trying to heal and you don't have proper rehab, you don't um, get treatment properly, you will only recover five ligaments, for example. And instead of having the 20 ligaments you start, fishing lines you've started with, you end up with 15. And therefore it's not gonna be as strong as it was and it's more likely to re-injure. And a really, really good point. So what we need to do is then determine what is the function of a ligament. And very quickly, those ligaments, those fishing lines that join from one bone to another bone, what they're designed to do is hold a joint and a bone in place. So as soon as you start to, to tear some of them, um, and they're not, they're not actually treated, uh, one of the, I, I truly believe after being in clinic for a long time that ankle sprains and injuries are one of the most overlooked but critical things that should be treated. Um, you might think it's a sprain and I can run on it again now, right? I, I, I sprained it four or five weeks ago. It feels okay. I'm not going to get it treated. I'm going to keep playing. And what happens is instead of the ligament actually uh, repairing and healing properly, you get other structures in your body, in your lower limb, starting to act as the ligament. So you can have a tendon, a tendon called the perineal tendon, that comes and acts as the function of the ligament rather than performing its duty as a muscle. And when that happens, unfortunately, it causes that muscle to become overactive. And then lo and behold, as soon as you get a muscle doing the job of what a ligament should be doing, it can cause problems up with your knee for different reasons, because you can get rotation and torsion of your, of your, of your tibia, your lower leg. So you can have all these ongoing, long-lasting effects of not getting the thing looked after properly. Um, I actually require a reconstruction. My left ankle is completely shot and I've overstretched all three. And as you know, what do I get down the track if I, uh, if I don't strap it or look after it properly, which I have to do chronically now because I'm not getting a reconstruction, is I get left knee pain as a result of that. Okay, so instability of your ankle will result in knee pain. Mm. Very important to connect those dots. Um, Generally, so what do you do, mate, if you've got a if you've got a sprain now? What would be your piece of what would be your advice if someone has? So from the research, a lot of th- a lot of things are saying is oh, everyone says now if you do injure it, ice it straight away. But a lot of research coming out now that there's no benefit or difference from icing it, and it's pretty painful that was icing it, isn't it? Yeah, it can so be very painful. So they're yeah. saying that you're putting yourself through pain that you might not need to. Yeah. So yeah. what the and what they're advising now is just do some light strapping and also try and weight bear, try and still walk on it, don't um, try and keep moving, and um, seek treatment as soon as possible to try and realign those fibres and um, get a diagnosis. Yeah, find out what's happening. See how bad it is. Mm. Um, generally, uh, how long does it take to heal once you get treatment on a on an ankle sprain? It well, it depends what grade it is. Yep. So if you've got a simple grade one, you're looking at maybe two to three weeks to be to be fully back to where you were. But if it's a grade two or a grade three, grade three is when you've had a complete tear of the ligament. Grade three, you might be looking at surgery possibly. 
or grade two, you're probably looking at six to eight weeks to get um, to get back on the pitch. And I'm going to make that really clear, yeah. guys, for anyone listening to this. These grades are very important yeah. because a, a small tear compared to a big tear, with, and we're going to talk about an exit, even with Achilles tears, and we're going to talk about a high ankle sprain in a minute, right? But these tears, they can be minor or they can be major. If they're major, they often require surgical intervention if you want to go back to sport and perform at your best. You can probably get back to living without it being done, but if you want to perform at your best, you often require orthopedic intervention, okay? So there's a scale we're talking about. There's minor problems and there's major problems. And if if you've got to get the diagnosis to know where you sit in that scale, it's that simple. Um, so mate, I think, uh, and, and so, Basically, all the operations, they're called reconstructions, aren't yes. they? Yeah. And with a reconstruction, it's what do they do? What do they actually do? Say for um, a, a lateral ankle sprain, what will they do? So they'll go in and they could use, uh, I'm not really sure the exact material they use, but they can go in and actually try and create a ligament out of um, fibres and things like that to actually replace it. Yeah, there's artificial, yeah. The, the actual research is changing on that all the time. Mm. I read during we did our yeah. research for this, they're using yeah. different materials now, different procedures. Mm-hmm. The old one was using actual fishing lines, yeah, which is why nice. I use that analogy. And they attach fishing line from one bone surface to the other through the fascia. Um, pretty interesting procedure. I watched the whole operation yeah. on YouTube. It was pretty cool. Mm. Um, and that has a fairly high success rate. It does work okay. Um, the next thing we're going to talk about is that we see really commonly, and in fact, what we'll do is we'll talk about the next type of ankle sprain, and that is what's called an anterior tib fib, or otherwise, big words for you, yes. tib, tib, tibia and fibula, the two bones of your lower leg. There's a ligament that keeps those two together at the front, and what can happen is because the common way you damage this um, uh, ligament rather than spraining it and rolling it is when your foot gets stuck in the ground and your lower leg keeps going forward. So say you go to kick a ball in soccer, your foot gets stuck, but your leg keeps traveling through. Um, or you can actually hit the ground and then your, and, and your foot gets stuck and then your foot keeps moving as well. Or it's just coming down straight on top of your foot as well um, and putting your body weight through your foot. Um, what it does is damage the ligament that joins the two bones together at the front. So it's called the anterior tib-fib ligament, otherwise known as a high ankle sprain. Um, the danger with that is that the different degrees again, um, sometimes they're called syndesmosis injuries because if that ligament's fully torn, there's a membrane that attaches and keeps the two bones together that membrane can separate as well. Now, if you have that sort of injury that's very serious, they put a pin to keep the ankles together, right? But obviously there's different degrees. You've got to know how bad it is. It is a grade one, two, three, four. Is it only a minor sprain that will come good if you immobilize it and seek treatment? It's a very serious injury if it's not looked after correctly. Um, and it has to be diagnosed correctly as well. It's yeah, very important. The diagnosis is yeah. essential. Um, just the next one we're going to talk about now after we've done the, the sprains is Achilles tendonitis. Um, can you explain that one, Connor? Yeah, so the Achilles. So if you don't know what your Achilles is, it's a pretty important tendon. It's the really strong tendon that runs down the back of your leg, your lower leg, 
and it's at the bottom of your calves. So if you feel the bottom of your calves, there's a nice strong tendon down there. And what can happen is um, very common in sports, if you're taking off or if you're landing the wrong way, it can cause tears um, in the Achilles or you can get some inflammation from just overuse and micro tears and things like that. And that, comes to, that can come down to having tight calves, um, change your biomechanics of the feet as well. And over time, you just have a overuse or you have a traumatic injury. Yes, yeah, well said. So there's, there's, there's a couple of things you touched on there, right? And one of them is that you can have, once again, minor tears or major tears. Yeah. I put a photo on Instagram of a full tear there that probably repulsed a few yeah. people, which is fantastic. Um, but uh, just to show you that the type of material that a tendon is, I wanted to show that. Um, but Achilles tendonitis is super, super common. Mm-hmm. I think there's different causes of it. There's, you can also get a fluid-filled sac become inflamed under the Achilles. That fluid-filled sac is called a bursa, so you can get bursitis. Um, the, one of the main reasons that we see for Achilles tendonitis is when a patient has a short functional or structural leg. So that means they continue to weight bear more into one side and it causes the heel or the heel to lock. And when the heel locks, the movement of the foot doesn't work properly and it causes friction at the insertion of the Achilles onto the bone. Um, I found in my career that there's a couple of causes. One of them is the short leg. The other one kind of being the muscles underneath the foot. Yeah, yeah so if the... The foot, the foot's a fairly complex joint, and if the muscles are tight underneath your feet, unless you can get everything working smoothly, because when you hit the ground, you should land on the outside of your heel and push off on your big toe, on the outside almost of your big toe. Imagine if you haven't got the, the joints moving properly in there and the muscles supple enough, it causes abnormal movement and friction, and the friction often causes, as Connor said, micro tears, Micro tears will lead to a macro tear, a big tear eventually. Um, so that's that's all I wanted to say about Achilles tendonitis. Um, the next one along, Connie, you can talk about is a plantar fasciitis. What's that? Yeah, so plantar fasciitis, so that's very, very common. We see it all the time. So that's pain when you get it underneath the foot. So a very common side of it is um, when you first wake up in the morning, the first steps you take, it'll be very painful and it'll be right, and it can be right in the back of the heel, and it can also travel up as well towards the toes. So we think there's a couple of causes for this. So obviously there's a change of biomechanics, like similar to the Achilles as well, a change of biomechanics, tight Achilles, tight calves. Also, as Michael mentioned before, the structural or functional short leg as well, um, putting putting more weight and putting more pressure through that foot. Um, can create inflammation and as I said that is another cause of it of plantar fasciitis you can have an inflammatory cause you also get uh, a rigid big toe so which is what's the big word for it Michael it's called hallux rigidus yeah stiff big toe stiff big toe toe. Um, and there's different look I believe there's different causes of that Um, it can be genetic some people just have uh, stiff big toes I've seen it run in families Mm -hmm. Um, I see it around menopause with women, uh, and I see plantar fasciitis a lot with menopause in women, as I do frozen shoulder. Yeah. So why why do you see it more in menopausal women? 
Yeah, so I think if you look at the role of estrogen, mm-hmm. estrogen actually keeps muscles supple. So as estrogen, you might have a biomechanical deficiency and everything's okay because you've got the estrogen running through your body and it's keeping everything soft and supple and elastic. So I think you lose elasticity and moisture yeah. with the decrease in estrogen. So any any problem that you might have had that your body's sort of sugarcoating with hormones, as things dry in your body, um, it could cause inflammation because that's yeah. essentially what happens during yeah. that hormonal change. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I see that one really commonly at 40 plus women, it's just out of control. It's so common. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is a biomechanical component. However, there is a hormonal component. Um, the other thing that I would say with Halix Rigidus, um, I've seen that uh, because that will, if, if, if you've got problems with the locking of your heel or problems with your big toe, I mean, that's where the plantar fascia connects those two. So if you've got a problem there and there, you need to look there and there, mm-hmm. either side of that plantar fascia. Uh, and once again, it's fibers. You can have small tears, you can have big tears. It yeah. depends upon what's going on. Um, but, and you've got to look at the whole balance of the leg length and so forth. But there's often a, I, I actually think you know, the hormonal profile is something we need to look at as well if people aren't getting better, yeah. if they're not making process, and even a referral off to a herbalist or a, um, a naturopath is something that I often think of. Um, and a stiff big toe can often be related to liver issues as well, I wanted to throw in there, yeah. okay, as well. Yeah. Um, the three main big ones, bud. Um, we do see other ones less commonly, uh, Sever's disease, which we see in kids. Yeah, kids. What's that one, mate? So Sever's, you get, obviously, young kids. I think it's more common in males. I see it a lot more with um, young male athletes as well. Very common in soccer. And what they think is the cause of it is um, in the when they're growing and they have to go through growth phases from 8 to 14 usually, um, the bones can't keep up with each other. So you have long bones in the foot that grow faster than the short bones in the foot and you have something called an apophysis which is the growth plate in the foot and that can become inflamed where the insertion of the tendon goes. Yes, and I actually think there's often, it's not just growing pains, it's biomechanical causes that cause that because we we see when we do treatment Mm -hmm. and when we even sometimes refer for orthotics, that stuff goes away. It's better. So it doesn't mean that it's purely bad luck, right? also bunions, bunions we spoke about, uh, there's a hereditary component with bunions, there's also a hallux rigidus component, so stiff big toes can cause bunions, poor footwear can cause bunions, uh, lack of movement of the foot in different directions mm. can cause bunions, uh, so that's, bunions are something actually you should get a professional opinion on, uh, because they can lead to bigger problems as you get older, because it changes the movement of the foot, as you know there's two critical things now I've told you about. One of them is the rocking of the heel. The other one is the fluid and the flexibility of your big toe to allow that that foot to act as a... Um, I, I read a book called Born to Run. It was a pretty cool book. It was all about the importance of keeping your foot supple yeah. and running barefoot on different mm-hmm. surfaces. Have you read that book? I, I haven't read it yeah. personally, but I have taught. And I know the um, component of it is um, because when we're the theory of evolution and things like that, we've developed to run on in flat, obviously with no shoes on, 
and on uneven surfaces. So outside, everything's uneven, your foot moves and things like that. And you look at modern day footwear, everything's flat. We work on flat surfaces, on concrete, even grass, everything's flat. And that's why they think everything's getting tight and stiff because we're not doing what we've been evolved to do. And the foot's becoming really weak yes. as compared to strong in different directions. Mm-hmm. So keep that in mind when you've got chronic foot problems. <laughs> and if you look at kids' playgrounds now, they're actually adding all this weird stuff into it. Have you noticed that? They've got all these little undulating surfaces oh, that they, they walk yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, I found that really interesting. Okay. It's only coming in the last 10 years. Softer surfaces, is it? Yeah, yeah, but they have this rigid stuff as well. Yeah. Like, And it's meant to get kids with their feet off getting their foot working oh, in good. a different direction. It is pretty cool. To simulate rocks, yeah. basically, and, and different movements. Um, a thing called... Uh, we've got two quick ones to go, guys. It's yeah. called a Lafranc fracture. Uh, this is uh, basically a fracture across your... your the, underneath your toes there's those long bones and if you actually your foot gets stuck into the ground your weight comes on top of it it can cause a a, a fracture through the a tearing of the ligaments and often a fracture of the um, long bones there yeah. um, it's more of a surgical case most of the time if you have yeah, that surgery, yeah. yep and the other thing is what's called tarsal tunnel syndrome which is basically when you get pins and needles uh, on the front of your foot from uh, a, a nerve getting irritated on the side of your foot. And the final one that I just would pretty quickly want to talk about, which is Morton's metatarsalgia or Morton's neuroma, is when your footwear is too tight often and it forms pressure on the front of the foot, causing, um, uh, and you get pain in the long bones in your foot and it hurts to step on it. Yeah, right? very common in women. Um, women 30s and older and wear high heels so if they're at high heels a lot very common one that okay we've got three things to talk about to finish up guys yeah. is we're going to talk about taping and uh, how to tape and we're going to show you guys how to tape in our video when we get there next week mm-hmm. how to tape a sprained ankle uh, especially for a, a rolled ankle we're going to show you that we're going to quickly show you what to do if you've got an um, a high ankle sprain as well um, so that will come up next week. The reason why we tape is to simulate the, to keep the bones together and stable so the ligament doesn't, so the tape can act as the ligament while the ligament heals. Yeah. Um, one thing we do want to talk about before we leave is what is a boot and or a moon boot? And why would we use it? Why have they become so cool over the last 10 years? Well, they've become, they've become more and more common because instead of old, olden day times where you have to go around crutches and things like that, it allows you to keep movement, weight bearing, things like that. And the way they're actually made and structured is you can obviously put weight through the foot, but not put pressure through the ligaments themselves. So if you've had, if you've even, you can use, even use them for a minor sprain to just recover quicker. But if you've had a severe sprain, and you've sprained the lateral ligaments on the side, you'll often be given in a moon boot um, with treatment to accelerate the healing and just get pressure and weight off that ligament. Yes, yes. And so I I think they're a great thing. I think they speed recovery. Mm. They stop excessive movement of the injured bones to allow the ligament to heal. So um, the last thing, and probably the most controversial, and look, this is our opinion, Mm. You know, everyone's got their own opinions, but I try to keep abreast of what, what sort of, you know, I, I believe intelligent people and what research will say about things. And we're going to talk about briefly orthotics. Um, 
I heard a great analogy, I read a great analogy actually last week, is saying that really orthotics should be only used temp- in short term, not long term. Um, and they should be, you should think of, it in, of using orthotic as a sort of a splint or a cast to help the injured part heal and then start to strengthen and mobilize and adjust and manipulate the foot to get all the joints moving properly and to strengthen it rather than forcing the foot into its ideal position. Now, I'm caught with that because <laughs> I, re- I, I refer to a podiatrist and I've got some basic off-the-shelf orthotics here right, that I use as well very effectively and it gets great results. So I think compliance is a big issue with that, right? Orthotics. Yes, I do. I think if it's easy for someone to throw in an orthotic and have no pain, they'll stay there. Mm -hmm. Um, Likewise, my other concern with that theory is that because humans, as you touched on before, are walking on man-made flat, hard surfaces all the time, are you really going to keep a foot functioning at its absolute best if the surfaces they're walking on are so unforgiving all the time so even if you do exercise 10-15 minutes a day can you counterbalance that unnatural process that you're going through yeah yeah I I don't know it's difficult yeah it's a difficult one it's not ideal no it's not of course um but it's a sort of best of a bad situation I think Mm. um so there's actually, uh, we refer uh, to several podiatrists. The podiatrist comes to see me, uh, who's an awesome podiatrist, and she's abreast of all the latest um, information and technology, is a lady called Rochelle Raku Raku. I said, oh, we're trying to do our best. Uh, I only call Rochelle Rochelle. I don't really call her, her last name to get her last name right. But she's down at Sutherland Podiatry Group, but they're in Cronulla, ironically. Mm. And she's a, she's smart cookie, Rochelle, and she um, she believes more in the in the manipulation and the strengthening side, yeah. rather than the orthotic side. Orthotic she does use, but she yeah. tries not to go down that path. Like sort of like the conclusions that we've come to as well. Yeah. Um, so if anyone wants to have a discussion with us about the orthotic side of things, we're happy to chat about them. I've seen orthotics, the wrong orthotics cause havoc Mm -hmm. in my clinic over the years. One of the main reasons were that that the podiatrist didn't identify short leg and and because they couldn't identify a short leg when they put the orthotic in, um, they over-supinated the foot when it was pronated Mm -hmm. rather than at height. Yeah. The other thing that I've seen a lot is that the orthotics some people don't handle depending upon their ligamentous profile and their muscular profile of their foot. Yeah. If you put a hard orthotic underneath them, it actually is counterintuitive. It makes their small muscles of their foot tighten, not relax. So for some people, orthotics are like walking on stones. So they are, and they'll sit in the cupboard, those ones, after you spend 600 bucks. So that's definitely, uh, they're even more now, some sets of orthotics. So I think you've got to be really mindful of what you're trying to achieve with orthotics. And it, it always comes down to an individual case as well. What's happening, what, what's what been caused in your body, the change of biomechanics as well. So we don't just say one size fits all, especially when it comes to orthotics. So we always take into account your individual case, what's happening and what's happening with your body. So. Yeah, that's awesome advice. I, I, I think that 
Well, one of the things, that, as you were saying, that came to mind is is the different body types are really affected mm-hmm. by orthotics. Yeah. So you've got your lanky people who have loose ligaments and you've got your short, stocky people. Oh, there's a word for that, endomorph, ectomorph, yeah. mesomorph. Yeah. But I think your body type has a real impact on that as well. And your inflammatory profile, again. Yeah. All right, guys, thank you for your time and attention. Yeah. I hope we've brought to light some of these foot issues, ankle issues. The good news is this is an informative podcast. In a week or two, we're doing the video of what to do to help help fix yourself with some of these issues. We're going to go through some taping methods. We're going to go through some exercises. Mm-hmm. And we're going to go through some of the most relevant stuff we think to help keep your foot, feet healthy. And what to do with rehabbing when you get a sprain as well. Don't forget we're on Instagram, Back to Life Cairo. And uh, don't forget to check us out at our Facebook page. And we have started the YouTube video page. It will start adding stuff too as well at Channel O. So um, thanks for your attention, guys. Thank you very much, guys. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate your time and tuning in. Um, Once again, email us at backtolife7 at bigpond.com or um, go to Facebook and send us a question there. We love questions. Please hit us with as many questions as you can. doesn't matter how silly it is. um, Anything's relevant. So thank you so much for your time. And we'll see you at our video next week or in clinic. See you guys. Bye.